Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Reading from Studies of the Beothic and Mi'kmaq of Newfoundland by Frank G. Speck, published in 1922. According to the tradition current among the Newfoundland Indians, the Mi'kmaq of the mainland had always had some knowledge of the island through their own excursions by canoe. The route lay between Cape North of Cape Breton and Cape Ray on the southwestern coast of Newfoundland, a distance of 65 miles, land being dimly visible in fine weather. This bold journey was ordinarily accomplished in two days, they say. On the first day or night, if the weather favored, the voyagers made St. Paul's Island, a distance of 15 miles. From here, three sturdy canoe men would paddle across the remaining 50 miles of Cabot Strait to Cape Ray in Newfoundland. Landing here, they would await another calm night, then build an immense beacon fire on the highlands to serve both as a signal for advance and a guide for direction through the night. Last week on Mi'kmaq Matters, we heard from Halibut Councillor Jason Benoit that many current members of council may not run in the next band elections scheduled for a little over a year from now. This week, we hear from someone who will be running for chief. Hayward Young is our guest on Mi'kmaq Matters. Though the election is far off, there's already lots of speculation about who will be running. Hayward Young is first out of the gate. He's a former chief of the Indian Head Band. He also was a member of the Federation of Newfoundland Indians and was an observer during the negotiation of the agreement in principle. Though he was a supporter of Brendan Mitchell for chief in the last election, he has become one of the chief's most strident detractors. I asked Hayward Young about what he'd do better than the current chief and about how he'll run his campaign. Well, I will be running. Uh, as far as opponents, uh, it's, I guess it's out there. It could be anyone. Uh, I'd like to see some, some people who are basically uh, band-serving in, instead of self-serving uh, to come forward. And we have lots of people in our band that would, and... Uh, I just uh, want to out-compete as best as I can on on uh, what I feel. Uh, I guess this band should be where this band should be going, and how we should do it. And yes. uh, the people and, will make the choice. Yes, and uh, I'm going to ask you a bit about that uh, later. Yeah. Do you think uh, you'll be running against Brendan Mitchell? There's a possibility. I I don't rule anything out, like uh, when it comes to politics. Mm. And uh, there's there's a possibility that he would run. I hmm. and, uh, and if he does, he's, he's just another opponent. Yes. Now you're you're from the uh, you're from the Bay St. George area, and uh, even after the final numbers are in, and I guess we don't know at this point what list the the election will run on, but uh, if it's the old list or a new list. Uh, probably most of the votes are in the corner of Bay of Isles area in terms of um, of concentration of people. You're from the Bay St. George area. Is that a disadvantage for you? I don't think it is. Like, uh, 
I I'm uh, I've been I guess I'm known in Cornerbrook and uh, and in Central uh, mainly because of my hockey involvement with uh, senior hockey over the years and most people that have known me through hockey and that know basically what I'm about and that. and, uh, and I'll take my chances on that but whoever runs whether they're from Bay St George Central or whatever I know people in Central that uh, would run that I would support like uh, because I know them from the past right like so I I don't take it as a disadvantage no yes you ran for Western Vice Chief in the last election and uh, you lost to Erica Sands yeah. and what do you think you'll have uh, better luck uh, running for Chief well I think uh, I I lost to a good person right off the bat like I said I I lost I think probably by 400 votes so if I would have turned around 200 votes, I probably, I probably would have had a chance. And I maybe, uh, because of how I ran my campaign, probably hurt me a bit because I, I supported uh, Mitchell, and uh, I guess I came down hard on Mr. Shepard. And uh, and if Mr. Mitchell runs again, now uh, I will probably come down hard on Mr. Mitchell. But that's that's the way it is. Like, uh, I, like if I got to challenge somebody's integrity, I will, if, if need be, if, if that, that what it takes to get the truth and out there, I'll, I'll do it. It's not, they can call it dirty politics or anything else, but it's basically getting the facts and the truth out there to the people. So it sounds like uh, from the way that you talked about uh, Chief Mitchell earlier, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a pretty intense, um, maybe even negative uh, campaign. Where, uh, as you say, the integrity of the uh, of the chief is going to be a part of the debate. I guess if I have to challenge the integrity, I will. I I won't be specifically going there to challenge the integrity. I I would definitely uh, revert back to his uh, his. Uh, basically his brochure in the last election and his platform, I would definitely refer back to that and ask, uh, you know, why it disappeared and, and, it, and it did. And, uh, but like to viciously go after someone that I, I don't think that's my way, but I, I like to get the truth out there. I like for people to know the problem with our band for years is uh, we don't get enough information partly because it's not put out there and partly because our our band has been in a lot of cases been inactive like they've been sometimes uh, we don't get enough people interested in what's going on it seems like unless people are are directly affected uh, a lot of people are just neutral or just don't care what what happens we need so is that, get, is that the fault of the band then or a part of the members? Because you and I have been at uh, at council meetings, and sometimes at council meetings there are only three or four band members there, and the rest is, is the chief and council. So the chief and council are doing the meetings almost uh, alone with very little member involvement. Yeah. So I suppose if, yeah. the, if the members aren't asking for the information, that's not uh, the fault of the council necessarily or the chief. Yeah, well, uh, we, we just came out of a meeting in Cornerville, and uh, where uh, and you said earlier, there's uh, there's the majority of the, the people that probably will vote in the election. Uh, 
are from, uh, they had a room that was uh, could accommodate 50 people. They actually sat at the registration of the meeting in the stairway of the building when we went in, and and you were there, and there were 16 people there. I think that's what was outside, and most of them were from out of the corner book area. So, like, uh, yeah, the, the problem is, like, when when I served as chief of Indian and First Nations, our quorum was 25. We couldn't have a meeting unless we had 25 people, and that was, we, we always had meetings. There was times we had as high as 150. And so the, the interest got a lot to do with who is serving you on this board. Like if, if the people are getting the, inter, the, the information and they know there's meetings and there's, there's, the topics are, are related to the people, like I'm sure if they would have had meetings on the supplemental agreement and what was happening, they would have had a houseful. Yes. So, so I, I take it then. I take it then that one of your commitments, if you were chief, would that would be uh, more information, more, more, more information. For- yeah, and I would, I would want people that that serve with me. I would want them more accountable. Like accountable you know, in, in what way? In in getting information out, and and getting information from the from our band members at least make the effort like and if they don't get anything well that's all you can do but make the effort and get all the information out. like and what what uh, else you know, with if so people asking uh, why would you make a better chief than uh, than brendan mitchell or someone you'll be running against what uh, what about hayward young makes makes you the uh, the person to be the the best person to be chief of the halibut band what uh, what is the answer to that I'm, well, actually, I, I I may not be the best person that would be chief of the band, but I may be the best person that, that's running to be chief of the band because I, my my platform won't change any. Very, the only thing that I think I would change on my platform from the last time was that would be the urban reserve, and 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 that wouldn't change a whole lot. What I would like to see there basically is if we could have something similar to an urban reserve or even an industrial park in each area of the island, like uh, Cornerbrook and, and Bay St. George and Central, uh, and make room for economic development. And I think as part of that, whatever goes on these things, whether it's urban reserve or whether it should be the band's entities, they, they, they should, we should not sell out. We're after selling out so much already that this should be, Part of our economic development, and so you're saying that on the urban reserve, you shouldn't be renting to uh, to an SO oil station or a uh, or a chain restaurant. It should be all Halibut owned businesses on the on the urban reserve. I I think they should be, but there's there's room also for for some of these other things. Like if if it will benefit the band in the long run, yes, let, let's let's have it, but let's do our research and do our homework before we allow anything like that to happen. Like, you know, let's, let's, let's do some research for a change and, and do our homework and find out what benefits the band, not what benefits some other 
company or some individual or anything like that. Yeah. And and that's the way I see that. Yes. And now, if we, uh, and if, yes, go ahead. Yeah, if we can't get it and we got to go with urban reserve, well, we I still think we should maintain ownership of anything if we can. And I don't know that much about it really too, but but I think it should the people should decide where that goes. And and like I said, it doesn't matter if it goes in Cornerbrook, Central, or Bay St. George. But I think the people should de- decide that based on um, financial, basically financial and and I guess geographic as far as benefiting everyone. Mm-hmm. And like I said, and once and it's if it's done in a democratic way. No problem. We don't have a problem with that. So, are you concerned that uh, the the poison that's uh, attached to the ban now? There's a lot of bad feeling about all kinds of things about enrollment, and um, you know, there's just a general negativity. Are you wondering? Are you concerned that if you become chief, you will have uh, you'll be caught in the same negativity? So it doesn't really matter who's chief or how good you are. Uh, things are so poisoned now that it's uh, you know you're, you'll be stuck in that uh, poison. It'll be very hard to be an effective chief, uh, regardless of how well you are. I, th- I think it's going to be it's going to be tough for whoever's there, uh, returning after this, after what has happened, and everything else. Uh, the other problem is is like uh, we don't have as members, we don't have a real good idea what state we are in financially what money that's been coming in will stop coming in next year or will whatever we got like we got 50 employees there that we need to take care of and plus there's a salary for the chief there's honorarium there's travel there's everything else we have to know and and we're crying out for money for culture which should be a priority we should be able to find the money for culture we and and culture needs to be tightened up a bit too i think we need uh, and I don't like to use the word organizational review, but I think the people who are responsible for the, the, the revival of our culture and that need to get together. There needs to be an elders group that can get these people together and make some suggestions and, and advise them basically of what we should be looking at and where we should be going with with, with our with our culture as it is, and, and some of the ceremonies and everything that we have, I think there's a need for that, and it's a priority with the band. I think if the band is actually going to move forward, I think we need to fix the cultural stuff immediately. Now, there's some people out there that said there's not a problem with the culture, and you know, maybe there isn't. But uh, from what I've seen in in my involvement is. Yeah, there's a little bit of friction there that needs to be smoothed out, and we need to get some direction. And I think we have the people amongst us that can do that. It's one of the problems that the the Halibu is a, is an Indian Act band. It's uh, it's set up in a certain legal uh, regime under the Indian Act, and the money that comes in from the feds is given for specific purposes, economic development, uh, whatever. So uh, as Jason Benoit was explaining on uh, on the show uh, last time, you have to spend the money on the items for which you get it from the Fed. So they're more interested in economic development and all those sorts of things. And it's not culture is not 
is not what the funding uh, comes for. So, uh, uh, is that uh, is it correct to see the Halibut as a cultural band in that sense? Well, I, 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 think, that, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's not the problem. I think we got some some uh, business entities there now, like the fisheries and things like this. And if these things are making a profit, maybe that's the money we can use for the cultural stuff. You know, that's that's something we'll have to investigate and take a look at. And if they aren't making a profit, well, why do we have them? Like, you know, that's that's. And the problem is now is like, it's it's like hauling teeth to try to get information, some of this financial information about these different entities and, and uh, companies. And like say. Just so short time ago, we had resignation of two, two of the people on that on that board. There was only three, and you know if, and I, I know one one of those people actually sent a letter saying why they resigned. Now for us to get access to that letter, it's pretty well impossible too. Have, well, you, asked the, uh, have you asked the council member for the letter that uh, that uh, he sent? I don't think I've done it, but I think I've been asked. It's out there, like you know. And I think we, uh, you know, a lot of these people now that are there that are, are opposing things and that are are frightened because of this hush hush agreement. That if they say something or they say something out of line, that they will be sued and they'll lose everything they got. And that's but the hush hush agreement uh, that refers only to the uh, to the supplemental agreement. That doesn't refer to general. Yeah. Well, may, well, maybe, maybe if that's the case, there's not a problem. Like I said, I'll, I'll ask the questions. I got no problem asking the questions for to get information. But like so, I have said, you I, have you asked for information from the band that has been uh, that has been accused? Have Have I asked? Have you asked for stuff and been told no? You're not getting it. In the past, I have. Uh, in the back in, in the, the past F-I-D. under Mitchell or back in the Shepherd days? No, back under under Shepherd, I I was I was refused uh, actually minutes of an FMI meeting. Well, Mitchell, and this is only what I'm hearing from board members that are there, that they have trouble getting information, especially. One person I know for sure on the on the financial committee has asked what they have. They don't have any problem with. The problem they got is when they when they ask for other stuff, they can't get it. Mm. Like we know, like like, and and whether it's legit or not, the perception of of not getting information out to the people, like and letting people know. Like uh, you were at the last meeting that we that I was at, they spent the whole morning arguing over uh, a policy for for donations. Now, that's something that like just before that they they had an in camera session. Uh, they could have handled that in the in camera session if they really wanted to. Like it wasn't something that we really needed to be part part of as band members. Like you know, make a decision. Those things, but if something really, really like the, the the supplemental agreement that affected everybody on that in the Halibut band, and it's pretty well touched everybody, and not all in positive ways, and, and but still, no one wanted to speak about. It. And not only now, back like I said, 
like uh, like Brendan Shepard and Annie Randall and that and the people who signed off on the initial hush uh, hush agreement and I can't they're flying under the radar but they're they're just as guilty as the people that are there now that continued what was happening. They 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 I'm sure they had the option to either try to block it or even fight it. So it's and, not a supplemental agreement is going to be essay the a big topic of the next uh, campaign then it seems uh who who was in a position to do something about it but did not. Yeah. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a big talking yeah. point in the next campaign. It will be and uh, I'll 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 be asking the questions like, okay, this is what what they said on their platform, this is what they were going to do. There needs to be an organizational review. There needs to be uh, the, the election code needs to be reviewed. Not not later, now. There's some stuff that they can actually fix now that they had a problem with the past two elections. They need to, to review their, their constitution. The constitution is probably six or seven pages long. The, their bylaws uh, protects them. doesn't protect any membership that protects oh. them you know there there needs to be those changes they need to to uh have a, a, a non-partisan or, or or independent hiring committee that even if it eliminates the uh, the the i guess the view of nepotism or whatever but they need that like you know it, when you know at the last election i had two ladies approach me and say that they applied for jobs at at F and I or Halibut at the time with degrees, and and didn't even get an interview. Right. Qualified for the jobs, but didn't even get an interview. So that, like, yeah, but it it like that stuff needs to be. We need a better relationship with with our brothers and sisters on the mainland. We need to to, to investigate AFN and CAP and see where we're best served. And make you, do you support? Do you support leaving CAP and going to AFM? I, I right now I, I I couldn't say, but if we investigated that and see, well, we'll just sit down and say, okay, what do they offer us, and then make a decision based on that. The history of CAP is not a good history. Mm. Yes. So, Edward, what order, you have uh, a little over a year from uh, October 2018 for uh, for the election. So, what what's your plan between now and then uh, to uh, for in terms of building your campaign? Well, I I I will definitely uh, look at. I've I've had several offers of people who want to help, who want to help both here and and on the mainland that want to help me, like, uh, with my campaign. I would like, first, I, I, I would like to, to search out some people if I plan on having a platform. I, I don't have a problem going it alone, but if I would feel a lot better if we had a, a platform of good people. And sometimes that creates problems, like uh, uh, some people uh, may, uh, like, we may think this person is great, but probably people in the community don't think that person is great. So, like, you know, there's a lot of, there's going to be some tough decisions that anybody will have to make when this when this all uh, starts, if it's going to go 
on a trade basis or whatever. You had to spend a lot of money on these campaigns. Yeah, I think that uh, and when people offered me their help, I know that wasn't finance. It was it was things like uh, like uh, putting stuff out there like uh, through the media and other stuff and working behind the scenes and making contacts and things like this. I'm sure it will cost some out-of-pocket uh, money. I don't have a lot, but but I will do and I'll scrape and I'll, I'll do whatever I got to to get out to the people. That's like, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make the rounds and have meetings and different, and if we run as a slate, it will be a bit easier because we can carpool and do everything else and do jointly. So that's a big factor too. And like I say, it's, uh, I don't have the money. Uh, uh, like I said, that, uh, some of these people have, uh, like, uh, and, uh, you know, but I'll do what I got to, to get the word out there and to get around and see as many people as I can. And that's it for the show. Thanks to Allison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Thanks to Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss for the use of Celebration Time. Check us out online, mi'kmaq-matters.blogspot.ca. Follow us on Twitter, listen on SoundCloud, or subscribe at iTunes. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.